Hello and welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Chris Agonis, joined by Bobby Darren. A lot of Rutgers football stuff to get to. Scarlet Knights finishing the year 6-6 six and six, uh, after a loss at home to Maryland to close out the regular season. Bowl selection coming up in a few days, um, but right now um, a lot of uh, the discussion is about where will guys go, who's staying, who's uh, going, who's going pro, all that stuff. We're going to touch on all of that and also take a look at some of the potential bowl uh, projections and, and scenarios for Rutgers. So uh, a lot to get into with this one. Uh, Bobby, I want to start off with the game. Rutgers not able to get the win against Maryland to close out the season uh, with the winning record. Scarlet Knights end it 6-6. Six and six. And um, you were at the game, so I just want to get your overall thoughts on just, you know, how you think the Scarlet Knights played. You know, it, it was just banged up. I mean, it's not typical performance of a Rutgers defense. And I think you saw a lot of the injury issues, um, you know, taking center stage. And, you know, there, there are certain points in the game where you got guys in that just maybe aren't ready to be in the situation they're in. Um, you know, Shaquan Loyal came in the game, banged up, didn't play the whole game. Thomas Amankwa came in and, you know, had a couple key uh, plays in a negative light. <laughs> Um, you know, had a penalty on a third down play and then missed the open field tackle and turned into a 14 yard run. The next play when records seemed like they were gaining momentum on defense, not to say he's not going to be a good player in the future, but he's just not there yet. So I think that is emblematic of some of these depth issues that you see when you say, oh, just put the next guy in. Well, the next guy isn't always ready. And then you got guys playing 60, 70, 50 percent. You know, uh, Johnny Lang in the last couple of weeks was just kind of willing himself on the field until he couldn't do it anymore. So it, it was really a banged up team. And, and, you know, Chris, they're coming off a stretch into that game where they played Ohio State, Iowa and Penn State. And. You know, <laughs> it's not a very forgiving uh, uh, stretch there from a physical standpoint. So, um, you know, it was hopeful that they would have enough in the tank to maybe pull it off. But um, Greg Ciano said it perfectly. He said he just ran out of gas. Um, now, is that an excuse in the 12th game? Uh, you know, the fans want to hear probably not because, you know, every everybody else plays 12 games and they're all going through this. But I, I don't think Rutgers is at the point yet where they can compensate for, for that many injuries. And, um, you know, the offense and wasn't wasn't very good. Gavin Wimsett didn't have a good day. So when you don't have much of a passing game and your defense is reeling, it, it's kind of a recipe for disaster. But they played hard and fought back, and it didn't quit. It could have been a 42 to 10 game or, or something. Um, so you know they hung around and showed some fight, but um, you know just just not enough there, Chris. And and it was kind of a, you know you weren't shocked by it because you know after Iowa was a physical game, they couldn't score a touchdown against Penn State, and it was just. It, it was, you know, it was almost ominous, even even though, you know, there was still, you know, fans still went out there hopeful. But, um, you know, a successful season nonetheless, six and six. And we're talking about bowl games now. Yeah. And we're going to touch a little bit on, you know, what the potential bowl scenarios could look like for Rutgers in a moment. But, Bobby, you talked about that uh, issue of depth. And I thought that that was an interesting uh, point because we're now in approaching decision time for a lot of these key guys, particularly on the defense mm-hmm where Rutgers was a very experienced, heavy team. Um, you know, some guys are going to decide whether or not they go to the NFL, whether or not they want to come back from another year of college. Uh, transfer portal is also looming as well. So um, I figured we just sort of run down the list and sort of see, you know, where guys stand. So um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking we start with, uh, you know, 1,000-yard rusher, 1,000-yard-plus rusher, I should say, Kyle Manungai, um, you know, big part of Rutgers' offense. Uh, where, where do you think uh, his status stands uh, heading into the offseason? 
you know, it's a really interesting one because Menangai had a great season. I mean, he was the heart and soul of the Rutgers offense. But, uh, you know, how is he going to test out uh, in, in going to, to the next level with the NFL? How well are they going to grade him as a receiver? These are big things that, that um, you know, scouts and teams look at. And I've seen lesser backs get drafted higher because they had those measurables and, and, you know, they ran well. Um, I, I think, you know, if he enters the draft, I think a team will take a, you know, will select them, but you know, it's a slippery slope for him because, you know, you're coming off your best season, but you've already been there for four years, Chris. And, you know, running backs take a beating. He started 23 of the last 24 games for Rutgers. Another season of that, <clears throat> It's going to be a lot of wear and tear. It's going to be another year added. You know, these NFL teams like younger guys, he's going to be an older guy. Um, there's a chance for injury. I mean, you see what happened when um, Aaron Young was in the bowl game two years ago against Wake Forest. He had an injury that kept him out for a whole season pretty much. And then this year, you know, it was still issues. I mean, it stems from another one. But, you know, Menangai's got to think, well, that, even if it doesn't happen in a bowl game, if he comes back next year, does that happen? It's, it's you know, shelf life for running backs is is not long. So uh, he's a very good blocker. Um, you know, I, I think a team would take him. But I think he has a really tough decision. But also, you know, if you look at uh, his NIL value went way up. So if he wants to, you know, command some, some NIL money, you know, Rutgers would have to ante up. And if he went on the open market, he could probably get quite a bit because I mean, heck he's the big tens leading rusher and um, other schools aren't looking for a guy who's going to be a number one pick. They're going to look for a guy who can help them right away. So his situation is really interesting because he has three options that are, that are very appealing NFL, stay at Rutgers, try to stuck somewhere else. I mean, uh, I don't know what he's going to do to be be honest with you yeah that's gonna be an interesting one I think the one the biggest takeaway for me is like you said you know running backs even like you know really 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 good NFL running backs do not have long careers um, a lot of their mm -hmm. careers taken up by that rookie deal so um you know starting that rookie deal a year later um wherever you get drafted I think that you know is something that uh for a running back in particular is something that uh you got to weigh heavily so I think that's going to be an interesting one uh, I think it's a unique mm -hmm. position in that regard and and look, his his stock went through the roof this year, uh, being the Big Ten's leading rusher, uh, one of a handful uh, thousand plus yard rushers. You know, that's going to do that for anybody. So um, that's going to be an interesting one. That's going to be a big one for Rutgers on offense, too, because it's a Rutgers offense that, again, relied so heavily on him. Um, on that note, uh, going over to the defensive side, and there are a lot of key contributors that sort of fit this mold. Uh, let's start with Max Melton in the secondary, um, you know, someone who's been with Rutgers for a long time, of course, and, and really one of those key defensive backs. Bobby, where do you think Max Melton stands at this point? I, I've been hearing for from numerous sources that that you know Max is as good as gone. Um, you know, it's just a matter of waiting on the announcement. I mean, he started 40 games at Rutgers. He progressed really nicely this year. Finished really strong. Has really good special teams tape. Um, oh, which is also another thing I might add uh, that we forgot to mention about Manungai. You know, it, it, backup running backs the NFL have to play a lot of special teams, and, and I, he's not a, a, a teamer when you think of him like that. So that could work against him too. Whereas um, Melton, you know, uh, he's he's a very good special teams player, so that'll help him. I think he'll be a second day pick um, in the 2024 NFL draft, but I, I'd be shocked if you see him play another game in a Rutgers uniform. And so, so you wouldn't expect him to be in the bowl game in that case. I mean, look, if you're declaring for the NFL draft, there's no reason to play in the bowl game because at that point, 
this is a business decision that could impact the rest of your life. So like I mentioned, Aaron Young played in a bowl game and look what happened to him. So at this point, these guys helped get Rutgers to a bowl game for the first time to become bowl eligible for the first time in almost a decade. So they've done their part, right? And playing in that, it's not just playing in the game, but look, you have this time to rest. You know, these guys take a beating over the course of the year. So having these weeks just to rest before they begin their combine specific training is huge. If you continue to practice, you're, you know, you're not getting that rest. Your body's not recovering like it would. Then you have a game. You, you have to wait to, to recover from that. And then your training gets pushed back. Um, you see what some of these guys can do with good combine training. You, you know, a guy like uh, Kyle Manungai could up his 40 time nicely with, with an ample amount of training time. So I see no value in it for them individually to play in a bowl game. They help get Rutgers here. And, um, you know, I don't think anyone would, 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 you know, look poorly upon them if they, if they bowed out. Okay. I just, reason I ask is because then we could touch on this a little bit more is that's going to also be a factor in, you know, what the prognosis looks like for Rutgers in a bowl game. Once they have their opponent is, you know, who's back, especially on that defense. Um, so I think that's an interesting one to touch on, but going down the list now, you touched on him a little bit earlier, Aaron Young. Uh, where do you think he stands at this point? Aaron or, um, Young? Or not Aaron Young, Aaron, uh, Aaron Lewis, excuse me. Aaron, Aaron Lewis, Lewis, what do you oh, think he stands at this point? You know, it's funny because coming into the year, we were thinking Aaron Lewis was going to be the team's best player. and He played a decent game, a decent all-around game this year. But, you know, you look, he had three sacks, two of which came against Wagner. Um, you know, had some hurries, but – you know, it just didn't have the huge impact that some people were hoping for. And I, I don't know how well he tests out. He's not a twitchy guy um, that that scouts really love uh, among NFL DN. So um, I, I don't know how high his stock is. It, will he get drafted if he comes out? I mean, it, he maybe, maybe not. So um, I think for him, uh, you know, he should consider coming back for another season because he didn't have that wow year you know where where scouts are going to be like wow they, we, we have to get our hands on this guy i mean he'll get into camp um but what will it be as will he sneak into the draft will it be as an undrafted guy i mean at this point i think there's a lot of uncertainty and i think he could make some money coming back with some nil so um i, I see him as as a returning guy and it would be a gamble in my opinion for him to leave interesting uh, on that note staying on the defensive side uh Motere. No, is another interesting one because this would be a six year next year. And I mentioned earlier about the metrics, how how teams like younger players, um, you know, this is his first full year as a linebacker. You know, his other two years he played rush end, did very well there. So he's shown versatility. And Mo has just gotten better and better every week. You know, he was just one tackle off of the team lead behind Deion Jennings. With uh, he had eighty four to finish the season. So. Um, you know, yes, he could gain more and up his value a bit, but I, I think Mo's a guy who'll test out well. I mean, Mo, when he goes into a combine mode, he looks like a freak. I mean, uh, he's, he's just not, a, you know, he's, you look at him, you go, wow, man, this, this guy looks, you know, freakish. I mean, the way he moves, the, the way he looks. And, and, um, I think he could turn some heads that way. And, um, you know, have to play some special teams, uh, in, in at the next level, uh, again, would probably be a, a third day consideration in the draft, but, you know, six years is a long time to be in college and then try to try to get drafted. So uh, he knows what it's like to have to 
recover from a knee injury. He went through that. I mean, that's got away in his mind. What if I come back and get hurt again? And I, I think that one could go really either way. And, and, and given his age and how long he's been here and his history, um, I would, if I had to guess, I would think he would go, but, um, that's not, that's not by any means etched in stone, Chris. All right. On that note, uh, another important position on the offensive line, Holland Pierce. Mm-hmm. Uh, left tackles, you know, it, it, <laughs> you look, um, and some of the guys who jumped in the port already, uh, is a guy from Yale, Jonathan Mendoza just started two years, six foot nine. Um, and he started getting offers, you know, from a bunch of schools as soon as he jumped into the portal. And I don't think he's as good as Holland Pierce is from the tape that I saw of him. So Pierce could, you know, demand a good amount of NIL. There's a premium on left tackles. Um, so uh, Rutgers would have to ante up to keep him here. He's played three years, one year at left tackle. And, and I think he's really developed well under Platt Flaherty. Uh, another year for that could help his seasoning. But, you know, how high can he get in the draft? I don't know the left tackles who are available this year to, to say, all right, well, he'll he'll sit here. Um, but I, I think he'll he'll return for another year because the, the NIL value was something that did he could he could cash in on and also um you know play another decent year and up his stock. Gotcha. On that note, uh, going back over uh to the defensive side, another secondary uh, look here. Flip Dixon, someone who came in and had a big impact in safety this year for Rutgers. Flip was really good. I was really impressed with Flip. Uh, one of the best transfers Rutgers has had in a while. Um, you know, had a couple uh, break, you know, plays. Uh, the, the one, um, which game was it? Where It was Indiana, I believe. Yeah, he had the, uh, the, the the blown coverage where he gave up the touchdown. But you didn't see that much out of Flip. He was really at the place. You know, he was really where he needed to be. He played hard. He played fast. He played physical. But again, Chris, this is his first year as a full-time starter. So when looking at his film, you know, teams will say, well, you know, can, can you do it on a more consistent basis? Can you put it together for another year? If he can put it together for another year, you know, I think you're talking, you know, upward third, fourth round pick for this guy, you know, if he can string together another season. And I think that was it will probably keep him around that the, the teams will want to see him do it in over a more extensive time than just coming in and doing it for one season. All right, staying in the secondary here, Robert Longerbeam. You know, I, I think Longerbeam is uh, – he played a really good season, but I, he's just he's just not big enough to to go up against these NFL receivers. And the teams, you know, if he goes into a, a, a combine setting or a pro day or whatever and, and teams get a close look at him, he, he's going to get, you know, devalued because he's only 5'11", if that, and, you know, maybe 175 pounds. So I think he'll be back, and I think his goal should be to add more size and strength. Some guys, it's just not as easy to do um you know uh, chris long's a guy that's at that's had an issue with gaining weight since he's been at rutgers um and longer beam you know is going to have to put on some size and 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 some muscle to be considered a draftable guy he's been a very good corner for rutgers but when you step up to that next level they just they just you know the guys are bigger it's more physical and and teams are going to demand that 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 he just increase that bulk all right, last defensive player going back to the defensive line here, Wesley Bailey. Wesley. Um, also want to mention Tyreen Powell, too, because we, we didn't talk about even though he's injured. But um, Wesley, I think, had a disappointing season. Uh, 24 total tackles, three sacks. Um, wasn't the factor that a lot of people hoped he would be. Now, he's a 
physical specimen. Like when you look at him, you go, wow, this guy can move. He's athletic. He's got twitch. And he's a guy that would really wow um, teams in workouts. But he doesn't have the, the film this year to really back it up. So I think at this point, you're looking at him as maybe teams might take a late round flyer on him. But he'd be more like an undrafted guy who would have to earn a spot in camp. But um, I think he's got a lot to prove. And I think he'll be back. All right, and you wanted to touch a little bit on Tyree Powell because he was someone who was, you know, I think really high on the list of, you know, potential Rutgers to NFL players this year. Of course, the injury changes the calculus. Just where do you think, uh, where do you think he stands uh, with that injury being taken into consideration? You know, he had to have surgery on his hand, and it's going to, the recovery time is going to linger into next year around combine time and whatnot. But how much is that hand going to impact what he can do in drills? Uh, if he can't bench press, I mean, it's not the end of the world. If they want to throw some, you know, see how he, he blocks some passes or catches them and intercepts, that's not his, you know, it's not what he does. He's a linebacker, you know? So um, I don't think it will impact him that much. I think um, the injury might've given him get paused to, to really consider a return, but He's a six-five linebacker at two thirty-something that can really move, and and guys like that just aren't common. I'd be surprised if he came back because he has those those measurables, and I think a team will fall in love with him and take him. You know, uh, he could sneak into that second day. Um, it's just like I said, you don't find guys that size that can move like him, but. As I mentioned, the injury could play a part in in his decision. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. I think if he would have played out the year, he was as good as gone. All right. And then rounding it out here, Christian Dremel at wide receiver, another guy who really had a breakout year uh, and really made a big impact among uh, the receiver room, Bobby. Yeah, not many people would think we'd be sitting here, you know, a week after the season talking about whether Christian Dremel will stick around for another year. It will be a six year, um, you know, just had, uh, you know, wasn't really used as much last season, had it one catch um, and or was it three catch. He had one or three. I'm sorry. I, I get him mixed up with Isaiah Washington. Um, anyway, um, he. Uh, you know, finished the year was a team high, 34 catches, and was just a weapon. And and he runs good routes. He gets open. He's not the biggest guy in the world, so teams will look at that as a negative. Um, but I think he could get a shot with the team uh, this year, probably. But next year, if he can do this again next year, teams will give him a lot more consideration. So uh, I think for for Christian, he'll have to string two good seasons back to back to really, you know, make a legitimate run at a team. But the fact that we're even talking about him now shows how far he came along and, and how well he's done, you know, this season and his progress. Yeah, definitely a lot of uh, decisions to be made coming up in the next few days and weeks. And I, I think that's going to be an interesting thing, um, obviously, in terms of next year, but also in terms of uh, the bowl game that Rutgers is uh, going to end up playing in in about four weeks time or so. Um, so on that note, uh, Rutgers, by pretty much every indication we have, is almost a lock for the uh, pinstripe bowl up in the Bronx. Uh, Yankee Stadium, as close as you can get uh, for Rutgers fans. But I, I do think, um, you know, just reading the boards, there's a little bit of disappointment that Rutgers wasn't able to get uh, or doesn't look likely to be able to get into a, a higher profile bowl. But the opportunity is there. You're playing an ACC team, a couple ACC teams in the mix. Um, it, it's an interesting opportunity. You've got a team like, uh, for instance, uh, uh, Boston College, who ended up at a six and six on the year. Um, you know, uh, other six, six teams, Georgia Tech, um, you know, 
Virginia Tech was six and six, not going to play him again after playing him in the regular season. Of course, uh, Syracuse mm-hmm. was selected uh, to the uh, uh, the pinstripe bowl last year. So that never say never, but it seems to me very unlikely. I don't think the pinstripe bowl has ever had a repeat uh, in the past. I don't think that would be necessarily possible, but um, a lot of people mm-hmm. have mentioned that. So I think that's kind of where that stands. But there are a few interesting ones. I think, you know, uh, on paper, you know, and opt-outs and everything else also plays a factor into it. These all look like um, matchups that Rutgers could be favorable in. Um, Duke and mm-hmm. Miami also at seven and five would be uh, in in play potentially too. Um, opt-outs obviously matter, but the one that I think stands out to me just from you know the intrigue perspective would probably be Boston College, just because it's close by. You know, there's potential for a particular recruiting impact maybe, um, and there's proximity there that uh, I think could add an interesting dynamic to it. Yeah, I, I I agree with all that, but I, I've watched it. What I've watched at Boston College this year just was not impressed. The good thing about it is, I think if Rutgers matches up against Boston College, they'll thump them. And um, I don't care who plays and who doesn't. I mean, give Shiano uh, some time to prepare, prepare and get these guys healed up. I, I think they'll thump Boston College. I think Georgia Tech will be a, a much uh, more competitive game, and you know that they'll give Rutgers a run. But um, uh, I, Boston College, I think you know <laughs> you you bet the house on on Rutgers there Chris yeah I think that's a an opportunity to end the season on a high note with a win be it Boston College Georgia Tech um you know six and six in the ACC is not quite the same as six and six in uh, the Big Ten East um mm-hmm. you know I think that if if Rutgers had uh, some more of these ACC teams on the schedule might be you know talking about a seven eight win in the team kind of hard to do too much in, in terms of hypotheticals but um you know that's another thing to sort of take into account um, but on that note, uh, you know, it really is an opportunity for Rutgers fans on a high note. Um, I, I, at least I hope to see a decent amount of Rutgers fans there, assuming that's the case. It's a short drive up. Um, you know, I, I, I make that drive fairly often for New York City FC and my other job. So I'm familiar with Yankee State. I'm familiar with playing a, a rectangular uh, sport uh, in a baseball stadium. Uh, that's always an interesting mm-hmm. dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be an interesting thing. Um, and, you know, I, I think. Um, you know, I think it's an opportunity for Rutgers to sort of end the year on a high note. Yeah, and you know, it would cap off a really nice season to go seven and six. You know, the the last time they won, you know, seven games was 2014. So you're talking about a lot of dark years there where they just losing was was uh, you know almost a weekly thing. So um, you see how far it's coming, and to talk about the postseason and be you know discussing which bowl at this point is it's just a step in the right direction. It's something that that Rutgers fans has really been robbed of for a long time. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, if you're in Rutgers' position, you haven't earned six-win bowl eligibility in nine years. I was a freshman in high school, and now I'm working at 24-7. So uh, just to put in perspective just how long it's been since Rutgers is in this position, I think you know, any bowl game is a blessing, and I think that Rutgers fans should really cherish the opportunity to you know keep playing football um, down the stretch. So I think that uh, is an interesting one, too. Uh, I guess just sort of to end things on a high note, on a – Big picture note, uh, if you will, you know, Rutgers came in uh, a lot of, you know, projections were made about whether Rutgers were able to get six win. Um, I know the FBI, I think, had Rutgers at four wins heading into the season and the Scarlet Knights were able to get to a bowl game and sort of take that next step in the rebuild. Um, mm-hmm. Bobby, I'm, I'm just going to put the question to you like this. Was this year a success for Rutgers? 
That was a huge success considering where they've been. And and not only is it six and six, Chris, you're you're beating Ohio State in the second half. In the third quarter, you're driving on them. Javin Wimstead doesn't throw that pick six. You're in that game. You know, you don't know what could happen. And we that's never happened. So um you know, Iowa, I know it didn't end nicely, but, you know, it was 6 nothing going into the fourth quarter there. Um, they were hanging with Michigan, you know, until that other faded pick six. You know, if Rutgers has a good passing game, you know, who knows what could happen. But let's not discuss the, the hypotheticals of the what-ifs. Let's talk about what did happen. They were competitive against the cream of the crop in the Big Ten, and that's a statement in itself right there. So, um, you, you know, every year I'd cover these games, and, and you Oh, you know, you'd have stories written, the game stories written by the end of the third quarter because there were blowouts. You know, you knew that they didn't have a chance. Now they're threatening these teams. So you see the progress. Not only did they win six games, but they took a huge step forward playing against the Big Ten elite. And if Greg Schiano can continue that, um, you know, his his vision, what he said when he took over, you know, it's a process. It, it'll start to come to fruition. Um, you know, it's going to be a lot this offseason. Roster retention's a big one, Chris. He's got to keep guys around. Around NIO money, it changes the entire game. You know, some guys uh, might just wind up going elsewhere just because they, they Rutgers can't afford to give them what they want. So, um, Greg has been making a lot of efforts to fundraise on his own for the, for the program. We'll see where that puts them, but um, you know, that's going to be a real key component of this offseason in these next couple or these next month here. Yeah, and I think um, just to sort of add on to that, the perception uh, from a recruiting perspective, I think will help too. If Rutgers were coming in, even at like five and seven, even if you know most of the facts of the season were the same, um, you know, I, I think it, it gets easier to sort of sell that to the next generation of recruits that idea of progress and development when you take that next mm-hmm. and you're playing in the postseason and you've got an extra month and you have the practices for development and all that stuff. I really do mm-hmm. think that's a big selling point moving forward that'll pay dividends uh, beyond this season. So. Um, hard to argue with any of that. Rutgers uh, did something that um, Rutgers hasn't done uh, in a long time. So I think that by that metric, it is a success. And I think that it, the big question now is, you know, what does the roster look like next year? What does, um, you know, how does recruiting continue to evolve moving forward? Um, I, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. And, um, you know, no shortage of storylines with Rutgers football, as you know, Bobby. There's never a day off. People say, what do you do in the offseason? I say, my offseason sometimes is more busy than the regular season. So you're learning that one too, Chris. Yeah, as I learned, I started this job in mid-May, and I, it was <laughs> right away, right into the thick of everything, but uh, wouldn't want it any yep. other way. Um, but that does do it. That's going to do it for us here on the uh, Scarlet Nation podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. As a reminder, you can get the latest Rutgers football and basketball news right here at squirrelnation.com. You can uh, talk to me, Bobby, Brian Doan, everyone else uh, over at the uh, VIP message boards. We've also got some VIP content coming out uh, throughout the week and uh, you know, a lot to talk about, a lot to cover, and we'll be uh, with you for it all. But that does it for us here on the Squirrel Nation podcast. Um, that, uh, we'll uh, talk to you again next time.